Welcome to The Truth CSGO Podcast, Episode 70. Today, we're talking DreamHack Masters Dallas. A bunch of player movements, including the retirement of Pronax, and an interview with Lecro from IEM Sydney. Hey guys, this is Lecro. Hey guys, I'm Guardian. This is Daps. This is Nico. This is Nifty. This is Chris J. This is Ferry. Code Zero. Flusher. Oh, this is Kerrigan. Are you listening to The Truth? The Truth. The Truth. The Truth. The Truth. The Truth CSGO Podcast. The Truth CSGO Podcast. The Truth CSGO Podcast. Are we rushing in? All right, just quickly, some of you didn't get the last episode, episode 69, on your iTunes or podcast apps. It appears that might have been because I registered some copyright details for the song I played at the end of that. Uh, So you may be getting two episodes once now because I have re-uploaded that particular episode without the uh, track at the end. So that's my slap on the wrist for trying to do the right thing for once. Uh, but let's get into DreamHack Masters Dallas. That was played out last night in a uh, grand final between Entz and Liquid. Liquid came out on top, winning the best of three 2-1 and netting themselves, I don't know how much money. I don't have it in front of me. A bunch of cash, all right? And also proving that their win at IEM Sydney perhaps was the beginning of the dam burst and that they may have broken the second place curse. Although it should be stated, Australis were not at this tournament. Uh, what they have done, though, has placed them in the number one HLTV ranking, apparently. It hasn't been changed yet, but this has been enough points to put them ahead of Australis for the first time in, I don't know, about 60 squillion years. Uh, I don't... There's a lot of people are calling them the number one team and the best team in the world. I don't think they can be called the best team in the world until they play Australis in a best of three or a best of five or something along those lines. But they are definitely ranked number one at this point in time. And this is the first uh, North American team ever to have been ranked number one. So kudos to all you Yanks out there listening. It appears your support for this wonderful sport of Counter-Strike has paid off. Uh, Let's get into a little bit of a chat about this final. And then we might do a bit of a rundown on the teams that participated. First map was Mirage. This was Ensis pick. Liquid beat them on it. Not through any great strats, I didn't think. Uh, which neither of the teams seemed to have, or perhaps it was just that they'd anti-stratted the crap out of each other, but through a sort of fairly innocuous back and forth of frags. Overpass then was the second map. This was Liquid's pick, and they had a great record on it, but Entz won it out in overtime. Actually, Liquid destroyed Furia early in the tournament on Overpass. I think went up 14-1 in the first half, so they were looking fantastic on it. Uh, I did actually get bored halfway through this map, um, and... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> found myself getting interested in some Twitter drama that was happening between Sir Scoots and Sadikist. And we'll take a little detour right now in this reportage of DreamHack Masters Dallas because that's exactly how I watched it. Sadikist tweeted that players didn't want to speak publicly in their concerns about Blast Pro Series. A little bit of gossip he's uh, picked up on the circuit. They had concerns about the, uh, the tournament and the format but were not able to speak about it publicly. Uh, Sir Scoots joined the fight, um, <laughs> tweeting that Sadikus was salty, basically because he'd been kicked from the tournaments following some sort of, uh, in his words, fuck up. And this exchange went on for a long time. Um, <laughs> and these are grown men. Uh, it ended with Sir Scoots telling Sadikus, who was currently casting these finals to just do his job for once, Um, and I believe he called him a a cunt at some point as well. Apologies for those who listen to this podcast with their kids in the car, 
But uh, it's time they learned the uh, great uh, Antipodean expression of um, cunt. Uh, anyway, this question of Blast and Australis was somehow a big part of this tournament, actually, beyond even this ridiculous Twitter bullshit. Because apparently, um, as I said, this tournament puts Liquid in the number one position. And I guess it's through the absence of Australis uh, at tournaments over the last three months. Now, um, back to <laughs> the game. Map three was Inferno. This went 15 to 10. Um, uh, Liquid's way and they were doing a retake Liquid were on the CT side and they were doing a retake at the B-bomb site Ends had put the bomb down and there were no less than four players on site and Stewie pushed Smoke well, someone flashed him in he pushed Smoke uh, Coffins with an AWP uh, and was shot immediately and screwed up the retake even though Ents were absolutely on an eco and this sent uh, some uh, nervous shivers up my spine. This is the sort of play that seems to have worked well for him for the most part in his career, but also I think um, has actually led to some of Liquid's second places in parts over the last, uh, well, since he joined. However, it appeared that their uh, cohesion was greater than this fluff, and they went 16-13 in the end, closing it out. And this actually netted them their second trophy in the Intel Grand Slam. If you recall, the Intel Grand Slam is the, uh, I guess, secondary competition over and above the IEM and uh, ESL Pro League, ESL, I guess, I guess I should say, hosted tournaments. And if you win four of these within a year, you net yourself a million dollars. Australis won it last year, but Australis are now trailing in their second attempt at the Intel Grand Slam. Uh, they're trailing Liquid by one trophy now. Uh, I should also mention Elise won the MVP for this tournament. This is good to see, considering he stepped up big time, um, whereas previous MVPs on Liquid were nowhere near to be seen. Nowhere near, I guess I, guess I should say, nowhere near Elise's uh, performance stat-wise. And um, I'm speaking specifically of, of NAF. <laughs> uh, now, interestingly enough, Liquid did not get a trophy at the very end because apparently it was lost by UPS. <laughs> If that's not a sign of the uh, crumbling American empire, I don't know what is. That's the United States Postal Service for all those uneducated noobs. They did manage to get themselves individual little trophies and some rings that look very much like uh, what I believe NFL championship rings look like. So they can wear that um, themselves out on the streets, shopping for groceries, just just doing what a normal dude you know does to etch out a living. Um, <laughs> I don't know why I find the rings so funny. They're so chunky. They really look. Um, uh, what's his name? Who's the guy's name? Uh, what was the? Uh, oh God, Liberace esque in their um, <laughs> gaudiness. Anyway, congrats to Liquid. Uh, this is a great showing. Um, let's get on to some other teams that competed because I think there's a few takeaways from this. Vitality were, of course, somewhat favourites to at least get uh, in the grand finals with this tournament, considering they won CS Summit only uh, less than a week prior. But they went down to North, and the relentless aggression of Fury in the quarterfinals, people had uh, a few days to watch their demos, it would seem. So uh, 
I don't think it's a, it's too telling for their ascendancy. Furia, uh, speaking of Furia, they impressed a lot, seemingly coming from nowhere. Although you guys would uh, know that we have talked about them before on this podcast, especially they had a little run at uh, DreamHack. When was it? Back in January. And uh, Yuri was the player who definitely got on the radar back then. These guys took down NRG and Fnatic. Their aggressive style seemed like it was too much for teams without the tightly knitted cohesion necessary to punish the sort of crazy wild plays they were doing. And some of the new, also the new moves that they were doing. They did come up against Liquid and Liquid beat them. Um, And I guess that's definitely a bit of a, uh, a bit telling in terms of the sort of team cohesion that Liquid has in in uh, contrast to other teams like NRG and Fnatic at this point. Also, it should be noted that Liquid probably scrimmed them a whole bunch of times um, in NA, but then again, I guess you could say the same thing for NRG. Uh, in particular, I thought um, Fury's best showing was against Fnatic on Nuke, where we saw a team... Uh, who, who for once wasn't doing just relentless outside smokes on the T side. Instead, they showed a bit of innovation on taking ramp, uh, taking lowers with smokes, um, and also their insistent use of the Krieg, the SG, that wonderful, gorgeous scoped weapon on the T side, which we haven't seen picked up as uh, avidly as we have in the new org, uh, as the org in the new meta. Um, this perhaps will be the start of a new meta. And I should say... Just as a little aside here, as a long-time viewer of CSGO and uh, player, I guess, it is depressing um, that there is such a lack of innovation between games. Perhaps this is due to the relentless ongoing tournaments. But I don't know. I think seeing different teams just continually doing each other's plays, just just using the orc because other people are... When you see a team like Furia come in and play their own game in this way, it makes you realize how same, same, same all the other teams are, stealing each other's strats and just continually replaying the same old strats over and over again. You know what? I think another thing that really illuminates it for me is that the first time I played CS, let's say back in 1998 or 9, um, the first guns I would use were always the scope one ones because they were easier to hit things with. And when I got back into CSGO, I don't know how many years later, it was always the org and the SG that I would pick up because you could hit things easier with them. And uh, it just it just shows you how shallow the innovation is in CSGO now that the org is, is bought basically every round by the CTs. Um, and so, yeah, I have nothing more to say other than this sort of complaint people are sheeple and um if i was a coach or a manager or an igl i'd be innovating the living daylights out of my team play because there's very few people who are um (laughs) obviously easier said than done now ninjas in pajamas they unfortunately had to play this tournament with coach peter after dennis's esther didn't come through in time for the states because apparently he changed his address (laughs) or hadn't told the states he'd changed his address or something like that i assume he provided a piece of id that had a different uh, address (sighs) the visa issues continue doesn't i mean like i've just spoken about the lack of innovation but also the lack of competence in basic visa acquisitions and teams just seems like what are you doing you're playing for thousands hundreds of thousands of dollars 
there needs to be some more oversight in the managerial aspects in some of these big teams. Windigo crapped on Tyloo early on, but were beaten by North. North themselves did look improved with Valde at the helm. I, I want to call him Valdemar because he looks like such a Viking, um, but Valde is his name. Uh, those guys were not strong enough to take down Vitality. Some teams we mentioned last episode, uh, or the episode prior, I should say, Lucid Dream from Thailand, they were banged out by Vitality, and Azurus were banged out by Renegades. Renegades themselves, despite beating Fnatic, were taken down by the rising G2, having Gratisfaction back in this squad. Doesn't seem to be enough to immediately hit the, their major level once more. And G2 actually looked good. They looked very good. I did say last episode that they're looking very, very lackluster, in, especially in the online game against FaZe. Um, and in the last tournament they played, uh, it escapes my mind currently. Um, I will put that down to the effects of Rosé. Uh, it was noticeable that Shox, however, in those online games specifically, was playing with a definite vigor. A definite vigor. I haven't seen him uh, invigorated for quite some time. He uh, was seemingly playing with a, a sort of a desperation and aggression that the rest of his team didn't share. It appears that they have taken up his mantle or at least been uh, swayed by the buffeting wings of Le Choc's, uh wins, I should say. Uh, and those guys were actually playing pretty mean. Amanek was doing a lot of work. Kenny S was doing some work. Uh, these guys beat Renegades in the best of one, best of three, and Fnatic. And then their matchup against FaZe was really, really close. Hopefully this is a trend for the French team. We'll see them at the EPL finals mid-June. And we'll also uh, see them trying to qualify for Cologne just prior to that. If you didn't catch the uh, FaZe versus G2 map on Dust2, I definitely would go back and check it out. It is one of the more fun matchups in this tournament. I have to say, I got a little bit of a CSGO half-chub seeing Neo, Olaf, Guardian, Nico, Shox, Kenny S uh, playing on the same map again. It was good fun, especially the orp duels between Guardian and Kenny S. Now, FaZe, speaking of ye olde FaZe, they were similarly looking a lot better with Neo, uh, but also kind of worse, if that's possible. While there seems to have been a little bit of energy injected in phase that I guess comes from having a new leader and someone in charge, someone with a game plan. It did seem like Nico was a little bit put out and left behind in the fragging department. In fact, in the uh, post-match interview with uh, Frankie, the Frankmeister, um, she asked him how it was going with Neo as the leader. And usually even the, uh, the PR hive mind kicks in at some point with most of these players and they say, it's great. Neo's a wonderful guy. Blah, 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 putting in some good work. Nico didn't say anything of the sort. He just said it was uh, a little bit difficult because his positions had changed, or not his positions had changed, but the way he was playing had changed. He was no longer, uh, if you recall, when when he was IGLing, the whole team would sort of wait for him to work out where he was going, and they would be revolving around him. Now, the way Neo's playing is pretty pretty old school. It's a lot of set strats. Uh, not too many mid-round calls. And some of them, I guess, seemed a little bit one and done. You, specifically on Dust 2, lining up five players to go short. If you lose the first two players, the strat's kind of over. And it's very tough to do a mid-round uh, switch because you don't have any information that's, say, lower tons or uh, A-long. 
So, I don't know. They looked better, but also looked worse. Uh, in terms of looking better, Olaf and Rain were top-fragging some maps. Um, but who knows? These guys were banged out by Liquid and then Ents in close best of threes. I do hope to see those guys back on top. You know I'm a FaZe fanboy because I, I'm an old guy. I'm 35. And I like to see old players playing and uh, still making some tourneys because... Um, it gives me hope uh, in my testicles. <laughs> uh, that's why I like to watch NIP play. Ents made it to the grand finals with an easy run. They beat Isurus, G2, and Fury on the way. I do feel, though, however, that they sort of stabilized their placing in the top 20. These guys are going to have to start innovating once again because they've had enough showings at tourneys that um, if you're going to anti-strat them, it's probably not going to be that difficult at this point. NRG... Oh, there's something going on with the mic here. One second. NRG. Uh, I think it's become clear that Tarek hasn't really done great things on this team. He hasn't really transformed it into the uh, the winning team we hoped he would. In fact, I think they were looking better before Tarek. And I did wonder about the mix of personalities because Daps, um, Daddy Daps, has always trumpeted that their best asset was that they all got on together. And I never really saw Tarek's laid-back, sort of cool uh, meshing particularly well with the personalities on that side. Um, And in fact, having him come in as a previous IGLer and perhaps uh, assisting Daps on some of his calls may be a little bit of a blow to Daps' confidence, which, I don't know, it's always felt a little shaky to me. The guy knows his stuff he's very knowledgeable he's very nice but he's not um he doesn't really have much swagger which is not a knock but Tarek's got a lot of swagger so I don't know I I feel like I feel like Tarek's gonna go back to cloud nine I feel it I feel it in my bones because uh, I don't think this is going to work out on NRG but I may be wrong I've been wrong about a lot of other stuff let's get on to some player changes Now, first and foremost, Pronax has announced his retirement. <sighs> it's been a long time. Three-time major winner. He stepped into the role, uh, into a role at GLHF Agency. For all you OGs out there, uh, that means good luck, have fun. They're an esports management agency. I think they're based in Spain. Pronax was a client there uh, earlier this year, or perhaps a year ago. Uh, they also have under their client list Hampus and the twins, Henny and Lucas, so quite diverse. Um, and apparently they have 20 years experience dealing with clubs and players and contract negotiations and transfers and brands. It is assumed Pronax will now become a player manager and use his extensive history, dating back to 1.6, to pick up more players for them. I did want to play some sort of uh, farewell music here for God Pronax. He's done an incredible amount for the scene. Um, and it's interesting to, well, I should, I should say I was going to play it, but, um, now I'm very worried about copyright stopping these podcasts actually getting to the audience. So thank you, Pronax. Um, it is, it is interesting to think about what could have happened had Pronax gone to phase. It's been reported, I think by DK in the past that they were sniffing around him in terms of looking for a new IGL. It appears that uh, he didn't quite have the same hunger that Neo had 
despite starting up Ancient only, what, three or four months ago with uh, Schneider. Um, someone said on Reddit, or was it Schneider himself? I can't remember. Someone said that he benched himself from Ancient on purpose. Uh, and one can only speculate that the, the reason for that was because he realized he did not have the hunger necessary to take that team back into some tournament runs or into some sort of sponsorship deal with an org. So the end of an era here uh, with Pronax leaving. Another end of an era has uh, been heralded with the, uh, I guess I should say the exit, the final contract ending signing (laughs) of Bialy from Virtus Pro. Obviously, it's uh, been a long time since he's played under that banner. But apparently he's now <coughs> finally released from contract. Another end of an era. I never did make that uh, Who is Bialy t-shirt. And um, one of these days I certainly will. And then look out because y- you will not be able to control your pocket change. Uh, he's, uh, his team, Mixed Dura, has been playing in the minor qualifiers again. If you recall, those were just a bunch of Polish dudes, I gather. Having a little tilt at the major. Um, I'm not sure when they're playing. Pretty soon, I would guess. Um, or maybe they have played. They must have played because Virtus Pro actually went down in the open qualifiers to an unknown team. I didn't. I didn't know them. I think they were a Danish team, and that included them losing, despite the other team only having four players after half time. Ye gods. Uh, one can only imagine that um, Mixtura will fare better than that. It can't be hard. Um, other huge uh, player news is that Edward has swapped with Boomich, gone to Windstrike while Boomich has replaced him on Navi. Now, long-time listeners of the podcast will know that Boomich is a creature dear to my heart. Um, he won me over at the Krakow Major. Was it Krakow? No, it was the Boston Major where uh, his team had a bit of a dream run um, and he waved at the crowd upon being notified that his name was spelled out by certain audience members and uh, all across the world, baby fairies were born and unicorns danced on rainbows. Uh, This is exciting because we have been pointing out that Boomich has been one of the better fraggers on Windstrike. In fact, he was looking very sharp back at the last major and at the Katowice Major, and also he's been IGLing uh, on Windstrike. So this is what I think uh, Na'Vi are doing, which is which is not a bad move, actually. We do know that Zeus is going to be retiring some point this year. I mean, you know, you can't believe a word that that guy says, really. But let's take him at his word, because I evidently haven't learned anything, and assume that he will retire. What, what he will be retiring, uh, well... Uh, what I can only assume is going to be happening is that Boomich is sort of being groomed to take over his position as IGL. But before that happens, he will actually get to experience a major under Zeus, which one assumes gives him the chance to get a little bit of the taste of how Zeus IGLs, learn from a far more experienced IGLer, and sort of take the reins somewhat seamlessly. Isn't it isn't it a dank world where Boomich may in fact be telling Electronic and Simple where to go and what to do and around? I just, it's just wonderful. Uh, I'm very excited about this. <coughs> Pardon me. <clears throat> it's uh, the time of year when the allergies kick in. 
It's what I tell my doctor anyway. So, sorry, where were we? We were talking about Edward. Edward, uh, I think it's been over 10 years on Na'vi. Over 10 years on Na'vi. What are we, 2019? So he joined back in 2009. I don't even know what I was doing in 2009. I, it, seems, it seems like another person um, in 2009. I'm not sure I've even done anything for 10 years, although I guess I went to school for 10 years. Um, and I've been a legend for uh, 10 years, um, at least. So uh, that's there's that. Um, it, it should be noted, actually, for all the grief that he got as a, as a dead weight on Na'vi, and this was pointed out by a very helpful redditor called Rear Feeder Too Strong. <laughs> uh, Edward actually played better against top teams against against teams in the top ten, I should say, in the last year than did Tarek, Olaf, Stewie, Lecro, Dennis, and Flusher. So, old mate didn't deserve the opprobrium, opprobrium I should say, that he uh, received from the community. And one can only assume that he will bring a bit of experience to Windstrike. Although they have been playing with Waylander and World Edit um, and Bondic too for some time. So I don't know. That that may be uh, wishful thinking. It's nice to see a pro go out to pasture in a team that actually has a, has a bit of stuff going for it. Those guys, as I said, didn't do too badly at the last major. And who knows, if they dump a little bit of their excess baggage and pick up some other... Uh, younger players, a smart guy like Edward might be just what that team needs. Uh, going back to NA, JDM has actually been replaced on Envy by Sonic. For all uh, you non-South African CSGO fans out there who don't know who Sonic is, uh, he's a fairly inconsistent orper from the South African team ATK, who you may recall were the org that came to the rescue of Bravado who were the team looking to the community to pay for their expenses whilst they were in North America via GoFundMe, perhaps uh, at the beginning of this year? I can't quite remember. That campaign was dismally unsuccessful, but our old mate has left his teammates in the lurch and jumped ship to what can only imagine, what one can only imagine is a better funded organization with uh, a more experienced roster of players. Now, as I said, he's a little bit inconsistent, um, so... <laughs> I can only assume that Envy have decided to replace their previously inconsistent Orpa with one who's perhaps a little uh, younger and hungrier. Who knows where JDM, the uh, Lounge Nation Lounge Nation CEO, will go next. If you're not aware, JDM has had a, um, how do I say it, clothing line called Lounge Nation for uh, quite some time now, which I think has been um, named after his propensity to lean back in his chair whilst playing CSGO. <sighs> I've never been a huge fan of JDM as a player. I have no idea what he's like as a person. I cannot see where he could possibly go after this. Perhaps back to complexity. I think he was on complexity at some point, wasn't he? Wasn't he recently on complexity? I just can't I can't keep it can't keep it all straight now with these uh, NA teams. Uh, Let's go back to Australia because it was brought to my attention last night through some helpful Redditors that Icon has disbanded. If you have been listening to this podcast, you would know that Icon used to be Tainted Minds. Tainted Minds has had a few tilts here and there, has had some successes in their own region. Uh, And then earlier this year, in I think February, they were rebranded and bought by an organization called Icon, 
which appeared to me to be some pretty, uh, uh, I mean, I, I don't know the guys, but s- cynically speaking, some pretty snaky sort of uh, investment bankers hoping to score a quick buck on this new exciting uh, prospect of esports, the esports landscape. Um, but shortly after, in March, in fact, Icon lost Seiko, Ofnu, and Zusi to Chiefs, and then later on Apoc to Avant. Avant have actually just qualified for the Asia Minor over order, so it seems like that would be a good move for. Uh, it had been a good move for Apoc. We should we should point out though that Ustilo is the only remaining player, according to Liquipedia, on Icon at this point in time. Ustilo, the lobster himself, who top frag at IEM Sydney, top fragged across the entire tournament had the highest rating it was 1.86 or something ludicrous while standing in for phase he's blowing in the wind um <clears throat> so that should be noted by any players in the oceanic region who are looking for a better teammate or uh, indeed orgs who want to upgrade their lackluster lackluster uh, showing of five. Let's move on to this interview with Lecro. So Max Millett did this interview for the podcast at IEM Sydney with Lecro. We spoke to Lecro at last IEM and he was a lovely young man, very well spoken and, uh, and interested to uh, give his opinion on things. One of the one of the funnest takeaways of this interview is is towards the end when he talks about travel and Dennis, knowing what we know now about how DreamHack Dallas went down. Only a little bit of this interview is out of date now, but it was conducted shortly after their insane matches against uh, Fnatic, the best of three at IM Sydney, which was just an absolute cracker. So without further ado, here's Max Mellet talking to Lecro from Ninjas in Pajamas. First question, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Throughout this tournament, like, like you, it feels like you guys are improving on some level and that there's some lessons learned at this event and get right saying that uh, all, these, uh, all, all the NIP players uh, learnt something different from uh, the series yesterday and that was an important series for you guys to have. And so with that in mind, what was the biggest takeaway you had uh, from the Fnatic NIP series? I think uh, we really, uh, we played really well. Uh, I think they played really well as well. So I don't think we should analyze too much. But uh, the most important thing during the game is probably the small mistakes we did and uh, how to just adjust a little bit to fix them in a in an easy way and not overthink that we lost too much. And uh, when you play, are you a type of player um, that? when you lose how do you uh, reflect on the losses do you tend to think about them a lot or do you just like uh, sort of just take it in your stride uh, yeah I kind of shut myself out from everyone else and yeah. uh, just think about it uh, the whole time probably during the night as well and then I'll just sleep it away and then I'll talk about it yesterday or the day, day after yeah. so I'm just uh, keeping to myself after a loss preferably not to talk about the game instantly because it might come out badly <laughs> yeah. and um, is that similar to the other players in the team or is that sort of unique no, I think it's pretty different for everyone in the team some like to talk about it right after uh, and some like to talk about it later on and I'm, I'm more of the latter yes 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 yeah. and so um, throughout your career obviously you've come up through a lot of uh, like you've played a lot alongside a lot of up-and-coming Swedish talent and uh, among some big names um, how is your mentality as a player with uh, dealing with big losses that like you had yesterday how has that changed as you've matured as a player through these teams 
Yeah, I've, I mean, I've played in a lot of upcoming teams and I've, I've lost a lot of times, yes. so I'm kind of used to losing, you could yeah, say. Yeah. So, it, like, it sure, it takes, it takes a lot of uh, mentality away uh, when you lose, but uh, you can come back really fast afterwards, and that's what I've, I'm pretty good at right now. That sure, it's really tough right after, but when you like look at the game afterwards, you maybe see that it's not that bad you played or stuff like that. It's easy to fix. So I think uh, what I'm good at taking away is just uh, not over analyzing the problems and just finding the easy ones. And that's interesting because uh, that's not like when you when you think of uh, what makes like a good CS player, and, if, and when you give advice to say a CS player that's on the rise, the first thing you say isn't like deal with losses better. It's yeah. like get get sicker aim. You yeah. know, yeah, le yeah. le learn your learn your smokes. Yeah. So in the sort of uh, hierarchy of skills that you need to have to be a professional Counter Strike player, is dealing with losses in that fashion a very important thing? Yeah, I think so. And learning from your mistakes is even better because uh, when you play, even if you're not playing in a team or if you're playing in a team, you have to realize when you're doing things wrong. And I think uh, that's how you become better as a player and then you can improve as a team at, at the same time. Because when you, when you know you're doing a mistake and then in a practice game, you're going to know it for the next time. And if you like remember each time when you make a mistake, uh, you're going to get a lot better. And uh, did you play any sports growing up? Uh, no, I, I mean I play handball and football, but uh, it was only for like until the beginning of high school. Right. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm just asking because that mentality you have is sort of uh, the mentality of like someone that plays a lot of sports because that's the only way. Like, if you play rugby or like handball or whatever, that's the only way you can do it. And so, what, what, what two sports? Sorry, handball and football was yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, true, interesting. And so, which one did you like more, handball or football? Uh, probably handball because yeah. I was a bit better at handball than football. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I've never even seen a handball match. Oh, really? I've never even watched a handball yeah. match. If you had to break down handball to an ignorant Australian who knows nothing about the sport, Lecro to Max, how do you how, how, explain handball to me? Ooh, that's a tough one, yeah. but it's like you have a court, there's yeah. uh, like six players. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like it's really, it's tough to say. Yeah. Uh, handball yeah. shit, CSGO number one, <laughs> yeah. fuck handball. Yeah. And so is this a general um, personality type that runs in your family? Is everyone just sort of chilled like that? Yeah, I think so. But like uh, once the discussion gets up, then you can get more heated. Like, right, but. Right. Uh, before, when you're just uh, having a normal conversation, it's fine. Then you, then you don't have to raise your voice right, if, right. Some, if the other person doesn't. Like, it's, gotcha. you can have a really good conversation. Yeah, because um, yeah, the, the, the reason sort of, I, I'm just trying to understand your mentality as a player and uh, uh, ha how you're able to play the way you play. Because it's obviously a bunch of uh, factors that inform that, right? It's not just like sitting in a server and grinding it out. It's like what, 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 what your parents do, you know, what your family does, like how you're brought up as a person, is what makes you a CS player. Yeah, yeah, I think um, like it's just another uh, like standard of Swedish family. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, yeah. it's not uh, anything special. We don't have any like super luxuries and yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah. that. We're just regular Swedish family. So now sort of moving back into CS, I've got a better understanding of who Lekro is as a player. Chill as fuck, normal Swedish family, hates football and handball, loves <laughs> Counter-Strike, yeah. interesting. And so uh, moving forward now, you've sort of compartmentalized this loss. You've learned a few lessons from this uh, big series. Now you've got Blast and you've got Dreamhack Dallas. Yeah. 
coming up. And you guys have been traveling a lot, right, as well. Yeah, yeah like hectic. It was it Leicester that you were in? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, how, in given this pretty short space of time between events, how are you going, are you going to make any uh, big adjustments to your game heading into Blast and then Dallas? Because you don't really have the yeah. time, right? I think uh, before Blast, we're not going to change anything. Yeah. Uh, since we're playing like two days after we arrive yes. in Sweden, so... Uh, I think before Dallas we're probably gonna do it because we have like two weeks so we're probably gonna make some uh, changes and fix some things in game so that's probably the, what we're gonna do yeah, and if you could, is, would there be any specific examples you could maybe point out at the things you're looking at fixing the most mm, I'm not sure I think it's mostly the mis mistakes we usually make during the game because we made a lot of mistakes uh, on overpass against both liquid and Fnatic yes. and uh, just uh, how to stay calm in uh, stress situations. I think right. we're right now we're just stressed, uh, shouting things out. Uh, yeah. I think we can do it in a more, much more easier way where we can get the information out with everyone like hearing it really easy. Do you think that stress comes from traveling a lot and just going tournament to tournament and like being in that sort of environment where everyone's just always in airports, like next to each other, then you get on the stage, things start going wrong, and it's like, I don't know, people aren't. Um, as like balanced as they could normally be if they had just like been at home for two weeks and then go to an event. Yeah, no, I think it's just in game. I think right. it's uh, a lot different. I think everyone's getting used to traveling. I think Dennis has the toughest ones because he doesn't like flying at all. Right. So, but I think uh, traveling for me is just my job now. It's no problem. Really? Yeah. Was yeah. it hard at first? Uh, not, not really. I yeah. really enjoyed it in the beginning because yeah, yeah. I didn't travel so much. So yeah. it was really exciting in the beginning, but now it's it's any uh, any other day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Cool. And so, sort of coming towards the end of the interview now, I just wanted to go back a little bit. Uh, you said that you had a lot of mistakes on overpass. Uh, was it overpass against yeah. Liquid? Yeah. Um, was that on T side or CT side or just in general? Uh, mostly T side, but yeah. uh, sometimes it's just communication problems on CT side. But uh, mostly it's after plants and. Uh, once we're taking the site, uh, there's uh, stress, uh, stressed information coming out, and I think uh, that's uh, an easy fix if we just talk about it together. Nip, best team in the world, confirmed on <laughs> overpass with Lekker. Right, thank you so much for yeah. the chat. I appreciate that a yeah. lot. Thank you. Now, before we get out of here, uh, we should mention some news that has just broken during the recording of this podcast, and it refers to Complexity, the North American team. They have decided to bring in Oboe, a young 15-year-old player, and he is replacing none other than Stanislaw, the IGL. What a fall it has been for Stanislaw. What a tumble since he won, um, what was it, e EPL, ESL? Number one, E-League. Oh, I can't remember. Whatever he won with Optic. Uh, it's been a long tumble down a long flight of stairs for him. He uh, issued a statement on his Twitter saying that um, he has decided to step down. Uh, no longer feeling that he's the right person to lead the team forward. Uh, those guys have not done much since they finished top eight at the face at London Major. They're a bit of a nose show at Katowice. Uh, and Oboe, you might know him from Swole Patrol. This is his uh, first big shot. 15 years. Jesus. What? I mean, here I go again. What was I doing at 15? Um, oh, it's too embarrassing to talk about. <clears throat> anyway, uh, what we have to look forward to in terms of uh, upcoming tournaments are the ECS Season 7 Finals. They are happening in three days 
with Astralis, Furia, NIP, NRG, Complexity, MIBR, North, and Vitality. So quite a few teams who've shown their hand very recently at uh, Dallas. But of course, this will be the return for Astralis back in the spotlight. And who knows, if they win this, I haven't done the points calculation because I have no idea how it works, but perhaps they will take the number one spot uh, off Team Liquid before the trophy has even uh, grown warm in their hands. This is going to be an exciting one. Also, uh, a nice return to MIBR. We haven't seen them at tournaments for what seems like ever. Um, and I don't expect too much from the teams who, like I've said, have uh, shown their hand in uh, in Dallas. Also interesting is that Complexity are going to be competing. So who knows who the IGL is going to be for these guys, considering this change appears to just have happened. Um, one would expect that perhaps... <coughs> oh, pardon me. The reins are handed to someone like Shazam with the personality and experience, but who knows? Who knows? Maybe this 15-year-old oboe uh, has balls like onions and is going to uh, take the mantle. <laughs> Stranger things have happened. Uh, Mosh XL Esports is happening as well. In uh, about 12 days, that's going to be happening in Lisbon, Portugal. So for all you Portuguese fans, get out there. It's got Big, it's got Furia, it has Gamer Legion and Windigo. I always decide to remind you about who Gamer Legion is because it's such a, it's such a <coughs> pardon me, such a non-entity of a team name. That is, of course, Existence, Scream, HS, Hampus and Nork. Uh, Furia look like the favourites to win this, considering their recent form. But big, we have not seen them. Be, we haven't seen them uh, performing with Dennis. I don't think since he uh, joined the roster. So who knows? That that actually might be a fun little tournament. Uh, those teams all kind of seem like they're probably on the same level. So keep an eye out for that one. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can get in touch at the Truth CSGO on Twitter or the truth at thetruthcsgo.com if you want to send us an email. Thanks for the reviews on iTunes, guys. There's been a few more of those recently. We got five-star rating. What a cracker. Actually, it's a five-star rating, I think, in Australia, and then it's a 4.5 rating in Europe. So you Europeans, I don't know what you think I can do to improve, but if you think I you have an idea, let me know. I'm obviously uh, sounding a little more chipper this episode, even though I have the allergies on. And that's because I'm vacationing in Caracas in Spain. I'm sitting on a balcony overlooking the uh, bay, sipping some rosé. Hence, old mate truths, uh, how should I say it? <coughs> Relative lucidity compared to the uh, gauntlet of uh, anxiety and overwork that was the beginning of this year. Long may it continue. Um, Discord, of course, is on the Twitter page and you can uh, follow Max on Twitter. He's at Max underscore Mellit. Until next time, enjoy the game.